0: So, what's your name? Hi, my name's Heman. Let's say I gave you two playlists, told you one I curated and one an algorithm curated. Do you think you can tell the difference?
1: If you open a newspaper or read a blog, the competition between music streaming services is a hot topic. In fact, how we listen to music seems to be discussed as much as the music itself. The differences between each service are numerous, but one of the primary ways each service sets itself apart from the others is the method it uses to recommend music. Some employ complex computer algorithms that sift through vast mountains of listener data to pick a song you might like. Others choose the opposite approach and hire human experts to compile artistically nuanced playlists. We wanted to know which approach listeners preferred, so we took a survey asking two questions. First, does it matter to you if your music is picked by a computer or a human?
0: So when you guys are listening in your private time, is a robot Versus something that's made by a person, the kind of thing that you take into consideration when you're listening? Or is that something you don't even think about?
1: And second, can you tell the difference between a playlist compiled by a computer and a human?
0: Let's say I gave you two playlists, told you one I curated and one an algorithm curated. Do you think you could tell the difference? Yeah, I, th- I think I think you could. I think I'd be able to, but I I don't know. I don't know.
1: The results are not what we expected. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Matthew Billy, and this is the DMA Report, a podcast about digital music advertising, brought to you by F-Sharp. To interpret the results of our survey about music recommendation systems, we invited someone on the show who actually designs them. Doug Turnbull is a professor of computer science at Ithaca College in upstate New York. Along with many collaborators, including students, he has designed a music streaming service called Meg's Radio FM, which has the unique feature of sprinkling in lesser known local artists into the playlist. But before we revealed our survey results, we asked Doug to explain how recommendation systems work. If I ask a construction worker how a building is built, uh, he would say that first you pour the cement on the foundation, then you add the steel beams to make a frame, and so on. What are the steps to designing a music recommendation system from start to finish?
2: The first thing you need is
1: data, and that data could be
2: in the form of the audio files that you want to recommend, or it could be uh, user histories, and luckily there's companies like Last.fm out there that collect social data, both social tags and listening histories and then they make that data available. Um, This Echo Nest company also makes uh, data available. So definitely data is is the ground, is the the base of it. Then you start to model that data so maybe those are the steel frame uh, and then you need to wrap some sort of user experience on top of that. Maybe that's the aesthetics and the look and feel of the building, like the door handles and the doors.
1: Can you explain to me a little bit about how you learn to dissect an individual's musical tastes and organize it in a way that you can discuss with other people and use it to build software.
2: There's two general approaches. Um, The first is what we would call content-based, where we analyze the signal, the audio signal, um, and then we have a bunch of labeled signals. So we know here's uh, 50 bluegrass songs, and here's 50 jazz songs, and we analyze the sort of patterns in those signals, And we train a a statistical, what we call a machine learning system, to sort of analyze those things. And when we see a new song, we can either say, oh, it's bluegrass or, oh, it's jazz or whatever. Um, That's called content-based. And that's what we really studied back in the day. But of late, the field has really turned to what we called uh, context-based or sometimes called collaborative filtering. And that's basically what Amazon does to recommend products or Netflix does to recommend movies. And there they look at all of the songs, in this case, that a certain user might like and they see all of the users, they look at all the users and all of the songs and they find commonalities between, you know, this group of users likes these set of songs, so I should recommend to this this group of users those other songs that that other people in that set like.
1: Can a music recommendation system do a better job of recommending music than a human being?
2: I think that, you know, all too often we set up this juxtaposition of algorithms versus experts. But I really I think it's crowds versus experts, and I think that we live in this day of, of music democracy, where crowds vote. Whether it's the number of play counts of uh, of a video, a viral video on YouTube, or it's you know a collaborative filtering system like you see for iTunes or Pan- or um, you know Spotify.
1: So there's always humans in the loop. It's just a question of how much human involvement is there. But do you think that a, a music recommendation system mm-hmm. can ever be able to replicate the human touch or, the, or that hint of nuance or even maybe the one joke song in a playlist? Yeah.
2: There are DJs and DJs are very talented um, and they pick great great songs but they might, might not be personalized to the listener. And I think algorithms allow us a level of personalization that you don't get when you have sort of a broadcast media like terrestrial AM FM radio. So they're different, right? I mean if you want to personalize list, you could ask a friend and make you a list, and that probably would be better than an algorithm. But who has time to get everybody to have everybody give everybody lists, right? I mean, it's just not feasible.
1: When people are choosing a streaming music service, do you believe that they make the decision about which one to use based on whether they know that it's a computer algorithm giving them the recommendations, mm-hmm. or it's a human curated? Do you think they care?
2: The vast majority of people, I don't think they care.
0: whereas Spotify and Pandora use algorithms to curate playlists. Uh, Is that a factor that you guys keep in mind when you're listening to music in your own private listening? To be honest, I
2: I haven't really taken that into account. To be honest, it was kind of the first time. I
0: I thought Pandora was was hand-cured.
2: My my colleague, Paul Amir, who's now at Echo Nest, uh, or Spotify, I guess, uh, has this great uh, diagram. It's a pyramid where you have like indifferent people on the bottom and that makes up like half of the population. And then you have uh, casual listeners, which make up about 30% of the population. And then you have expert listeners that make up 10%. And then you have savants that make up the last five or 10% or whatever. And I think the savants would care, but they are such a minority of people who listen to music that I think that the vast majority of casuals or indifference or even experts They listen to Pandora, Pandora has 70 million users because it's entrenched in their phones and in their cars and in their Blu-ray players and it's just what they're familiar with and it serves the purpose and um, it's good enough.
1: So at F-Sharp, we recently took a survey where we showed a group of people, two playlists. One was curated by a human and Mm -hmm. one by a computer and we asked them which they like more. Mm -hmm. Can you guess what the outcome was? I bet it was
2: 50-50.
1: Actually, that's close. It was 60% for the computer curated and 40% for the human.
2: Yeah. Well, so there have been a lot of academic studies like that, the sort of so-called Turing test of, of music recommendation. Um, I actually don't like that test. I think it's very artificial uh, because I think you really have to listen to a playlist algorithm or human-generated like a DJ for a number of months before you really feel for one might be better than the other. I think it's really hard just to look at a list. Um Computer algorithms can be tweaked and tuned, but um, Tim Westergren, at the, you know, the CEO of uh, Pandora, once said in a talk I was at that a computer algorithm has to be sort of right 95% of the time because if you play one sort of out there song, like a Christmas song in July, you're, nobody trusts your algorithm. So computer algorithms and the way they approached it were pretty conservative. A DJ wouldn't have to worry about making such an egregious mistake but they can try to slip in more obscure stuff. And I, I mean, I, I think it's a very complex system. And I think also just looking at a playlist is a very artificial. It's not how we perceive music and sound. So I've, I would be willing to bet that it's, a, depending on the experimental conditions, you could basically make that test go either way.
1: You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Well, I got one more question about this yeah. study. Uh, the next question we asked was, can you tell the difference between which one was made by a computer and which one was made by a human.
0: Why you, Carson, I think I could too because I feel like every time someone makes a playlist there's always some sort of personal expression in it. There's
2: Absolutely. always some sort of like yeah. funny little piece of personal expression.
1: Do you have any guess what, to what those results were?
2: Uh, well, I could imagine they were inverted from what they should have been, which is to say that everybody thought that they could say what it was, and they, but they couldn't.
1: Um, oh, that's correct. Uh, most people thought that the, the computer-curated playlist was actually made by a human. Yeah, from the time that you began studying music recommendation systems mm-hmm. in college, mm-hmm. um, how do you feel the, the systems have improved?
2: I think it's hard for people to remember what it was like before internet radio, personalized internet radio came along. It's so much part of our driving in cars and working on a computer, or you know, being at a party. People turn on Pandora, or iTunes, or Spotify. I mean, I think the thing that we all envisioned. Um, a long time ago was this notion of uh, celestial jukebox, which is the idea you could play any song, anytime, anywhere. And we now have that with span- you know, with iTunes Music and and Spotify. And you know, all of these companies brag about how big their their catalog is. But there's a point at which you no longer, you know, the size doesn't matter. It's a question of how how quality is the user experience. How Quality is the, you know, few songs that you do get to listen to, how much discovery is there versus how much just, um, you know, regurgitation, I shouldn't say regurgitation, but playing of uh, songs that we know you like, we want to do some of that, you should enjoy it. Um, We call that the exploration versus exploitation trade-off. You want to explore some, but you also want
1: to listen to songs you already know you like. Will music content recommendation systems ever be perfect? No, because music is a subjective thing.
2: It's a beautiful artistic endeavor that if we could ever, you know, decode to the point you could define even the word perfection, like we, it would stop being this artistic creative endeavor. And so my hope is the answer would always be no. I mean, that's why we have new artists playing new music every day. Um, and, it's, and it's really exciting. And if we didn't, we would, be, we would be lost.
1: Doug, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it's my pleasure. <laughs> That concludes this episode of the DMA Report. The DMA Report is produced by F-Sharp. For more information, you can visit efsharp.com. Our music recommendation system expert was Doug Turnbull. To find out more about his music streaming service, Meg's Radio, you can visit megsradio.fm. The DMA Report theme music was composed by Darren Lake. He and Kim created the artwork. And special thanks to Caitlin McDonough. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the DMA Report on iTunes or whatever application you use to listen to podcasts. Also, if you would like more digital music news, you can visit efsharp.com and sign up for the DMA News newsletter. That's it for now. We'll talk next time on the DMA Report.